0: This Wellness Couch podcast is proudly brought to you by Audible. Do you find that you just don't have time to read all of the awesome books that you hear mentioned on the Wellness Couch? Well, Audible might just have the answer. Audible is offering the Wellness Couch listeners a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can get books like Eat Right for Your Blood Type, Why We Get Fat by Gary Taubes, The Paleo Diet for Athletes, or even the Success Principles by Jack Canfield. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash the wellness couch. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash the wellness couch for your free audiobook. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams, who dare to be different, and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Welcome back to another episode of Wells Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And today we are going to have a little look at uh, some of the things that your hair and your nails are actually revealing about your health. And uh, this all stems from something that we discussed about, um, you know, health and well-being being an inside-out approach, and some of the external signs and symptoms that we doctor Google to find out what they mean, and whether that's accurately diagnosing the problem, and whether that's actually helping us find solutions, or simply just generating more band-aid products that we can be dumping on our bodies to try and fix, you know, things like brittle hair or or brittle nails or thinning hair, hair loss, gray hair. What else do we get? We, get, I mean, fungal nail problems, white spots, black spots, like all these different things that we have that we look for the answers to or dipping or pitting in the nails. And we're trying to discover like, what does that mean? You know, who do I ask about this? Who do I have to go and see? Should I see my doctor? Should I see my naturopath? Should I see my, you know, who do I see to discover what it is that these things mean? Because most of us know that something outside the ordinary or normal is an indication of possibly an underlying problem. And we want to know what it is. And our hair and our nails, it's such a feminine thing, isn't it? Like we always want to have those
1: beautiful, luscious, bouncing locks. Of, you know, they attest shiny, thick, voluminous hair to almost... Beauty and health, I guess, and
0: goddess—you know, yeah, factor yeah, that, that yeah. elegant that woman, supermodel—all of those features are certainly characteristic of successful, healthy women. That's yeah,
1: that's really interesting. And then the nails as well—you know, we use it as uh, something that's a aesthetic expression of. You know our mood or our you know event or something
0: like that and most of us have got brightly colored fingernails or in um, your, your case you change the colors all the time <laughs> I sort of, you know every week there's a new mood and a new color which i love or i actually have
1: mood changing colors so they go from dark purple to bright red um <laughs> yeah, that's the story for another day um but the really interesting thing is that the health and the condition of your hair and nails actually gives us a really good window into what's happening internally. And we certainly use that from a practitioner point of view uh, as part of our physical examination. Examining someone's fingernails can certainly give us an indication as to Is there an underlying pathological process going on here? Um, You know, within uh, the medical community, any kind of specific nail changes, for example, if your nails are clubbing, uh, which is where there's, you know, a rounding and a a sort of almost like a bulbous shape that, that becomes the nail and the nail angle reduces as well. Is a symptomatic change of um, less oxygen getting to those parts of the
0: body, so it's a pulmonary or respiratory condition. Um, also Could also to, be liver, yeah, functional issues that express themselves through uh, the, the nails as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. So it certainly provides us with a really uh, interesting window into what's going on. However don't go down uh, in that don't get caught up in that trap of going oh my nails look a little bit funny getting onto Dr. Google and freaking yourself out about the fact that you might have a couple of ridges or you might have a few white spots because well, the thing that we really want to stress to you today is that it is an outward indication of what's happening internally and that is true for so many things including our skin but today we're gonna really focus in on what our nails is really revealing about our internal health too. Uh, Now, this all this topic really came about because of a friend of mine. Um, She is twenty six. She is, you know, a beautiful, successful, um, really vibrant uh, young woman. Um, She is, you know, a leader in her field, um, but she has quite prolific grey hair, and it's been getting worse and worse. She certainly was growing prematurely. No one else in her family uh, has had it to that extent, um, but it's been happening from a very early age. So she really wants to know why is this happening? And so this is what sort of sparked us to delve deeper into this topic to look at, okay, is there another cause or is there another reason for this? My thoughts have always been that premature greying is a demineralizing process. Uh, because of you know the melanin production that goes on in hair, and we'll go through that process. So you can really understand that, um, but you know it certainly reveals a few other things about possibly her stress state. Her internal gut status, those sorts of things as well. And unfortunately, premature greying is a problem for so many women. Uh, most of them cover it up pretty well with lots of chemical dyes. Um, but if this is not something that you want to be a slave to, then you know we'll give you some tips that you can really think about before we go into that much detail. Um, Ash, can you kind of talk us through what
0: you know really what makes up the hair? Why is it that uh, that we need to look at this? Okay, so look, I think, you know, understanding what the hair is, most of us have pulled out a hair on our head and can see that you've got the hair itself, the hair shaft, so that's the long bit that's sticking out of your head, mm-hmm. and then you can often see that little tip on the end with like a little blob on it, and, you know, that's that's the hair follicle. So the two distinct structures there, and that follicle itself resides in the skin, and the shaft is what's visible above the scalp. Mm-hmm. So with regards to that, I mean, when that follicle it, in the base of this the hair itself it's the nutrient supply and that's where you grow from so that hair is embedded and surrounding the papillaries the capillaries the tiny blood vessels that nourish the cells of the hair itself and also provide the resources for growth color and all of that stuff so anything that affects the blood supply the nutrients fly um, anything at all such as you know metabolic concerns such as like you've just mentioned some of the disease processes that affect blood flow blood supply or nutrition through blood uh, is going to affect the growth and the growth rate of the hair so fascinatingly you know your hair actually is growing um, it's very microscopic but 0.3 to 0.4 millimeters a day so it's the fastest um, growing cell in the body and people don't realize that uh, that's a fascinating replication process that's happening and at any time your hair is in one of three different stages of growth and shedding and these without going into too much detail there's the antigen phase the catagen phase and the telogen phase and really this is about you know antigen like anabolics it's the growth phase um, and then the catagen phase is this transitional phase where they're yeah, outer root sheath shrinking and attaching the root of the hair. It's its phase, is where it's resting, and this is where most of our hair's at. So it's just sitting in your head, not falling out, not doing anything. It's grown. Um, and I think a lot of women are surprised at different phases in the hormonal cycle as well. Brushing their hair, noticing a lot more hair comes out sometimes than others. And also depends on their lifestyle, their stress, their nutrition, noticing at times when they're possibly more deficient in some of the, the nutrients they need and, you know, months or two later thinking why is my hair falling out? And it's almost a reflection of the, the past that wasn't achieved.
1: Yeah, that's really Because it takes some
0: time for that nutrient deficiency to come through and then all of a sudden, you, you know, you're experiencing a lot more hair on the bathroom floor. And...
1: Uh... It's interesting you talk about how the hair follicle is actually embedded within a blood supply, which means it gets nutrients, which means it's contiguous with the inside of you know our body and the nutrient state that is you know what's going on inside us at the moment. Um, and we can kind of look at this like a hair will reveal a lot of uh, our mineral status um can even give us indications as to you know what we've been exposing ourselves to as well um in forensics uh, they've been using toxicological tox, <laughs> let me try that again toxicological analysis yeah you know, that was close enough um to detect different kinds of substances um so for example THC from cannabis opiates um cocaine amphetamines those sorts of things because uh, it stays in the hair a lot longer than what they could test in blood supply, which is really interesting. Very interesting. Um, they've also, you know, for ages, they've used hair mineral analysis to look at whether or not there's toxic
0: levels of things like arsenic and lead. But yeah, also, certainly heavy minerals. Yeah. Are always, yeah. Uh, something that people who are unwell or have a chronic illness know they've probably sent hair samples away to find out more about what their their underlying health profile is that couldn't be detected through blood samples. Exactly. So um, any kind of heavy metal uh, toxicity or exposure, they can pick up through that
1: from either the hair or body hair as well. And then even looking at, um, there's another field that they look at things like intolerances. So, you know, how things are responding to... like gluten, dairy, those sorts of contaminants that might be affecting the underlying nutritional status of the body as well, which is really interesting. So there's a whole lot more to the whole
0: hair science than just having these beautiful big locks. Um, And that's interesting too, isn't it? Because if you were to just follow media and marketing, you'd assume that your frizzy, fuzzy, terrible, poor, you know, out of control hair is a consequence of not using the right products. And often when you go to the hairdresser and, you know, you feel beholden to purchase some products because you think, well, yeah, my hair is, you know, frizzy, fuzzy and tamed. All of these products are fantastic because they do achieve the result, which is that temporary improvement of hair quality. But it's not sustained because the underlying structure didn't develop correctly. So it's, as you notice, you have to reapply or, or redo or, you know, redo treatments and conditioners because, the hair itself has been formed and you can't fix that structure as it's been developed. So the goal for us here, and we're, we're talking about inside health, you know, we believe that your health reflection profile is just simply an expression of whatever your lifestyle choices are Absolutely. and so you know if you truly want to fix your hair and you truly want to have great nails then follow our lead and start to look at some of the internal health reasons why your hair and nails might not be such good quality because it comes down to lifestyle nutrition choices and some deficiencies which we're going to talk about today as well and some of those solutions that you may look for to help you fix your hair have gorgeous locks. And if we're looking specifically at, say, premature grain, yes. let's
1: have a look at how that process actually happens. So the actual color of your hair is determined by a protein called melanin. Okay, it's the same for the color of your skin as well. Uh, so melanin is produced by the oxidation of tyrosine, which is an amino acid. So you know, even just from that, we could make an assumption that if your body is deficient in certain amino acids, particularly tyrosine, would this change you know, your melanin production? So that's an interesting question. Um, anyway, the, the cells in your hair follicles that actually produce the melanin are called melanocytes. So when your hair turns grey, the melanocytes have stopped creating melanin. Can you switch them on again? Well, that's a really good question. Um, so you know, your hair colour, moisture, volume, all of those sorts of things can be due to melanin or damage to the melanin production can alter all of these factors as well. Um, certainly use caution when dyeing your hair though, because whatever you put on your scalp, we know this blood supply there is going to be absorbed into your bloodstream. And there's actually no regulation on the ingredients that's put into hair dye. So
0: that's why they tell you to do a patch test. Um, and also um, there's often cautions on boxes, isn't there, you know, for pregnant women, for example, because they're still not completely sure about the concerns regarding um, blood supply, placenta, baby in utero development, and all those sorts of things, because they're not regulated. Exactly. Uh, that's pretty scary
1: because so many of us all dye our hair. It's uh, I don't know that many women of our age who
0: have their natural hair color. It was like our age, women, you know, 30, early thirties, <laughs> um, um, yep, by the time yep. you sort of hit your late twenties, most women are starting to play around with colors. If not yeah, sooner, most, I mean, yeah. even in high school, a lot of lot of girls are dabbling in changing hair color, unfortunately using some really toxic things like ammonium and peroxide to try and bleach the hair to be able to recolor the hair in whatever color it is, that, you know, pink, purple, blue, whatever it is. Exactly. Um, but there's certainly some consequences of that.
1: Um, the premature ingrain can certainly be attested to some underlying conditions, for example, thyroid disorders, anemia, B12 deficiencies as well Uh, but with this particular friend of mine that we're talking about if you look back through her health history it's really interesting she was an undiagnosed celiac for many many years Um, she was a little kid um, compared to her peers until that was actually recognized and then she had a growth sperm so i am and for those of you who don't know a, a celiac is that is a pathological condition that is you know much more than just an allergy to gluten it's a very very severe Via, you know true allergy. Immune response yeah, to something uh, your body can't tolerate. Yeah, so it, it musters that autoimmune response when you have those allergens. Um, and so I'm wondering if there was some sort of gastrointestinal damage or leaky gut syndrome that's happened from then that's then led to different Deficiency types processes. Of changes and mm. certainly deficiencies. Uh, and, and B12 would certainly be one of them. Uh, there's lots of different people who can't um, digest or absorb absorb b2 b12 or b vitamins very well depending on their metabolic state or how their body um, you know digests uh, certain things so you know that's something to look at individually and that's why you know that individualized medicine is is really important to look at how you actually absorb nutrients
0: so that could be uh, an important thing for her to look out for as well and look the good news and the bad news in all of that all right uh, let's go bad news first it seems at this point in time science says that you can't reverse gray or white hair mm-hmm. because once production has slowed down or stopped you can't reverse that melanocytes basically ability to reproduce color so that's the bad news the good news is it's a normal part of aging you know for all of us who, who dwell on the gray hairs and certainly i was getting gray white hairs before i was 25 um and that was really interesting but then understanding my genetic family history my father also had gray hair at a very young age i even look at the wedding photos before you know he was 30 and you think wow that's really interesting because there's a genetic component there so do i get all st- stressed about it do i think it's my fault have i done something wrong no, no, no to all of those things. I mean, what can you possibly do retrospectively to fix something that's already damaged or altered? But from this day forth, you get an opportunity to say, well, hang on, I'll look after what I've got. You know, I've still got lots of colored hairs in my head and they'll continue to produce color as long as my nutritional needs are met. It's interesting that you say that because we
1: live in such an of society, especially in the Western world. So youth is idolized,
0: not necessarily wisdom. And and that's the sad reality for a lot of women because you feel unfortunately pressured to change the colour of your hair because you look in the mirror and you think, you know, I'm not even 30, I don't want to look old. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely my response. And I would absolutely not colour my hair if it were not for the the grey or the white hairs in there because I actually like the colour of my hair. I've never had a problem with it, you know. It's it's a natural brown with blonde natural highlights from all the sun, chlorine and and salt water that I've had over the years. And I like it that way. Um, But unfortunately, I just also can't... Quite yet get to the point where I can look in the mirror and be okay seeing a lot of grey hair in my head, <laughs> and and that's pretty that's pretty normal. Yeah. Um, let's look at another really common hair
1: condition that uh, so many people have, and that's dandruff, and that's pretty gross. So, you know, you might see people with those white flakes all, the, all over their shoulders in more extreme cases. Um, that'll also include like a really itchy, dry scalp as well. Um, the The Times uh, Magazine Online in 2007 stated that they found this. There's this new finding that. Uh, dandruff was not caused by oily hair. It wasn't caused by dry hair or dry skin. It wasn't caused by stress or hygiene or anything like that. It was actually caused by a fungus. Um, however, according to Dr. Macola, it's actually yeah, it's actually caused by that that scalp fungus, um, which is why it's really interesting. Uh, companies like Head and Shoulders by Procter and Gamble, the pharmaceutical company, uh, was actually really effective with their treatments because. They're, they're able to sequence that fungus DNA, and a lot of the active ingredients in those products are things like zinc and selenium, which we know are really potent to fungal infections. So, that's pretty clever. Um, so, dandruff sufferers will shed a lot more skin more rapidly than others, uh, and it's that fungal process that's actually responsible for that. Because it actually metabolizes uh, the natural oils and produces a byproduct. Uh, So an acidic byproduct that penetrates the skin and actually triggers that shedding process, which is really interesting. Um, So you can certainly use those antifungal agents to help to get rid of it or you can actually look at what the underlying causes might be because fungal infections just like any other bacterial viruses or infections need an ideal environment to flourish uh so if your health status isn't um as it should be then that's certainly going to warrant you know those fungal infections taking hold
0: so people experiencing danger for example it Basically reflects the fact that their own body's skin is not able to use its defense mechanisms correctly, and so it allows the growth and development of the fungus. That is, um, rather than being symbiotic with the body, it's not uh, in harmony. It's more in effect. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that that symbiosis is a really interesting uh, thing to
1: look at because it's using some of the the good oils and converting them into acids. And a lot of our Western diet is way too high in certain uh, fatty acids, so far too high in omega sixes too low in omega-3s so we should have a really good ratio in our diet from omega-6s and 3s and it should be a one to one ratio but for most of you know western society it's like 20 to 1 in omega-6s compared to omega-3s now those fatty acids are what create a lot of that environment for you know that nourish our skin our hair our nails that's part of our overall general health Uh, we know that it's essential for our brain development and our mental health and all those sorts of things but also did you know it, it kind of goes to that extent that it's needed for every single cell of the body. So making sure that you've got those good fatty acids from the good sources is really important. Um, you need to bring down your omega-6s, so avoiding things like your seed oils, like your processed seed oils, like your soys, your safflowers, your sunflower oils, um, you know, your processed vegetable oils, those sorts of things, and really upping your omega-3s. So that's your really good quality oily fishes, your uh, inky inchy oils your flaxseed oils um, and you know your fish oil supplementation as well if that's what you choose to do Um, so that is a really good place to start as well for any of the dandruff sufferers and also making sure that you've got a diet really rich in zinc and selenium as well um, because we know that they're the active ingredients in the antifungal fighting uh, topical treatments so making sure that your diet's not lacking in those is going to help you with this too so you get zinc from you know seafood especially oysters your beef lamb liver spinach you know pumpkin seeds The list goes on and on. Um, And selenium, again, seafood, Brazil nuts, sunflower seeds, chia seeds, those sorts of things. So so get munching on all of those, and that's going to help, you know, obviously your digestive health as well but the reflection will be in, uh, in your hair
0: too. Fantastic. So from what I hear there, it sounds like, you know, particularly if you have a paleo-style lifestyle, that's going to very much support the underlying profiles of amino acids and essential fatty acids that are required for good uh, hair and nails as well. And I guess there's a couple of different conditions we're talking about today. I mean, grey premature greying is one of those things, which you may or may not have a great deal of control over because there's huge genetic factors involved in that one. Um, certainly the dandruff, you may have a very large control component over that one because it's a very important thing that you can do from the inside out get your health and get your nutrition right which will obviously make your skin um, less susceptible to invasion by yeah things like fungus um, then you've also got the hair loss concerns you know a lot of women start to lose their hair uh, earlier than expected there's things like um, male baldness in women you know you start to see zones like the front of the, the crown and and the middle of the scalp where you're starting to get thinning effects of the hair that's an interesting one because a lot of women will know that that's connected to thyroid dysfunctional. They've seen it in their family members or their friends who have dysfunctional thyroids, um, and that's leading to the changes as well in the hair profile. So there's a thinning effect, and uh, nearly always this comes back towards the endocrine system, so hormonal health harmony, or lack of, that is. Exactly. And it's not just uh, the hair
1: on the head, but also the outer third of the eyebrows as well. Um, if you're looking in the mirror and you're noticing that they're
0: thinning a bit or you've lost them completely, then certainly having your thyroid function assessed is a really good place to start. Yeah. And some doctors and specialists won't even uh, take any tests. They'll just simply, you know, look thing hair profile, outer third of the eyebrow, you know, thinning out and some of the other, you know, issues with regards to losing weight, Um, And all of a sudden, you know, that profile is very clear for them. They know that they're dealing with thyroid. So then their investigations just go straight down that pathway. So certainly there are a lot of conditions um, that can cause these problems. And we strongly recommend you seek your medical doctors and go to your, you know, integrative health practitioners to get blood samples, to get hair mineral analysis samples, to determine the underlying cause or the, the process involved in getting to the point of having poor quality hair or nails or you know, hair falling out, um, brittleness, you know, dryness because unfortunately just applying the topical, you know, external hair treatments and washes and scrubs and, you know, all of these things is not solving that problem. So This is one of those episodes where we do say, you know, step outside, go and speak to a health professional, get some appropriate testing done, and then you can determine the best course of action, whether it be through nutrition, detoxification, there's a lot of different things you might want to do, and we'll give you some ideas at the end as well, some of the quick things you could be doing um, starting today that may help you improve the quality of your hair. So let's move on to nails. I mean, nails is another big one. We like to talk about, again, it's a, you know, keratin. Your hair is keratin, your nails are keratin. And uh, sadly, when all these people are, you know, buying and selling rhino tusks and elephant uh, tusks, Mm. they don't even realize that, uh, you know, biting their nails is essentially the same exact same component that is in these, you know, tusks. And I just think it's an absolutely ridiculous, you know, trade in general. I don't know. How we saw that it happened, but uh, everyone's doing their best. Anyway, that's a tangent because it's just keratin, you know. People no, don't realize. So tend to do your it just, You know, people don't realize that these tasks are just keratin. I mean, just go and bite your jolly nails because you're doing <laughs> the same stuff. When you grind them up and turn them into pills and potions, you may as well just get a grater out and grind your own nails because it's the same stuff. Yeah, that's, uh, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Mm. Um,
1: It's funny when you say that because so many people are worried about like brittle nails or Mm. brittle hair. And and what's the thing that comes to mind that they're, that they need? Oh, it's like silica pill or there's that vitamin or supplement. That's like that wonder pill for hair and nails, right? There's even uh, supplements that are actually called strong hair and nails or hair and nails. Um, most of them just contain silica, which is a trace mineral. Um, look, it's certainly associated with healthy, strong hair, nails, taut skin, strong cartilage and bones and those sorts of things. But your nail health is a lot more than just a silica deficiency or a lack of that hair and nail uh, supplement on the, um, on the shelf.
0: So what should a healthy nail look like? Cause I think that's, you know, when we talk about what is healthy hair and healthy nails, what should healthy nails look like? So, you know, have your hands out right now if you're not painted nails and you'll be able to see what's going on but you want to be looking at your fingertip and at the nail bed itself and a healthy nail should be you know a soft pink with a touch of pinkish white moons these mm-hmm. little uh, sort of moon shapes at the base near the, the base of the fingernail and you know any discolorations changes spots marks um you know breaks and also the layers you know those peeling layers that people sometimes get ridges They're signs that that's not a healthy nail, there's something else happening. And sometimes it's just as simple as having bumped your your hand, you know, or or jamming your finger a little while ago. And now that nail bed's growing out and you're seeing the damages, such as some of the white flecks you'll get on your nails. That's just simply an indication of some trauma around the the finger on the nail bed in the growth phase. But other things are more more serious. And we're going to talk about some of the other signs that could indicate problems with your health underlying that your nails are actually giving you um, signals for. And it's not just an aesthetic feature.
1: Um, The American Academy of Dermatology attests that our nails often reflect our general state of health. And we certainly know that as well for a lot of the reasons that we've stated before. But nail changes um, such as things like discoloration, thinning, thickening, um, you know, all of those sorts of things can certainly indicate underlying liver kidney heart lung conditions that we talked about for even anemia untreated diabetes thyroid conditions we're not going to go into those in in that much detail today but don't get freaked out by dr google again (laughs) all
0: right so what's wrong with our nails so, look, if there's discoloration of the nails, and you know, if, uh, hopefully not too many listeners or smokers, but if you are a smoker, then obviously discoloration can happen because of the smoking habit itself, yellowish changes in the nails. And the nicotine stains, yeah. Yeah, but then there's also things like, uh, you know, greenish tinges in the nails can indicate signs of bacterial infection in the body. Um, what else have you got? I mean, there's bluish signs in the nails. So if you, your nails are very pale or bluish, it can be a lack of oxygen, so a form of anemia as well. So, again, you know, looking at these colors and shapes and indications can really tell us a little bit more about what your body's doing what your health is doing Um, the thickening of nails is not natural you know for a lot of people as you get older you know really thickening hard toenails for example or thickening hard fingernails that's not natural and so again that can be an indication of underlying fungal infections or thyroid or you know unfortunately for people with psoriasis they will notice very much changes in their their nails particularly, Um, so if you do have psoriasis or psoriatic conditions then certainly you will know that your nails do suffer from that and unfortunately there's not a whole lot you can do that other than managing the the underlying health problem itself and with the view that your nails will grow through healthier when the imbalances are managed better but of course those things are not reversible and uh, therefore there's a lot of things that you need to be doing on a day-to-day basis and it's a general ongoing uh, approach to keeping your body healthy inside out which will eventually grow out through your nails so don't give up is probably the the thing there that um anything you change will show through but it doesn't show through immediately because the nail itself has to grow out
1: yeah and that's a good uh, indication as to what your health was like you know however many months ago it was when these changes are happening so when you start to put some good healthful practices in place once you see those changes in your hair and in your nails, you know that you're on the right track. But like all things, healing takes time. Um, some of the things you might notice is those horizontal lines, you know, those white lines. Um, they're also called Bose lines. It may be just from direct trauma, like you know, slamming your finger in the door, um, or chronically from you know, psoriasis, like you mentioned, sometimes uncontrolled diabetes as well, but also zinc deficiency. Uh, So certainly get your zinc tally tested as well, because that is really important for your nail health.
0: It's because we're not here to diagnose problems today. And that's probably the really key thing here is that um, don't use your hair and nails as diagnostic tools for yourself. Certainly seek the professionals to assist you in that process of change. But some of the things you can do safely, and we'll talk about some solutions now, some of the things you can safely do yourself um, in order to try and make some changes that will promote healthier, happier, glossier, stronger, you know, more luxurious hair and nails. will just be simple things like reducing toxic loads. So removing some chemicals and this starts with your hair as well because believe it or not all those you know chemical loaded hair shampoos and conditioners are actually doing some damage to the dermal layer so your skin and that's where your blood supply for the hair sits there too so any chemicals provided to the scalp will also go through the hair follicle itself through absorption and can actually sometimes cause the very problems you're trying to prevent such as the lack of you know nutrition to the hair cell and then you know, chemicals will create toxicity. Toxicity can create dryness and brittleness, so it can be a vicious cycle, and strangely enough, you don't realize you're using the very product that can actually be producing some of the problems, and it's only a temporary coating on the hair itself that's making it feel more luxurious for a period of time, but give it a week or two without using that product, and you'll notice your hair goes back to the very state that it was in before, and you say, well, it didn't fix it, it was just making it feel better temporarily. So start with some natural hair, Products. I mean, my personal choice is a brand called Mugu. I absolutely love them. I switched them a few years ago. And there's no nasties. You know, we're not talking any chemicals in those products. So look for organic, chemical-free. Be very wary of the branding of things that are natural. Mm-hmm. Natural does not mean chemical-free. Natural just means there may be some components in there that come from plant-based uh, sources and therefore considered natural. But the actual product itself is primarily um, chemical-loaded. And... and even the term organic is... Often a brand as well. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's certified organic products in there either. Yeah, it doesn't mean they're 100% organic. It could mean that they've got 2% organic, you know, jojoba in there or some 4% of aloe vera, and that makes them, you know, allowed to be using the word organic on their product and packaging. So just be careful. Turn the bottles over. Have a little look at what's in there. I mean, if you're seeing, you know, things that like SLS in those things, parabens get rid of those products do not want the word sls you know or sodium on there. sulfate. sulfate yep. yeah and you don't want paraben on there either or if you want to go even simpler, you can join this new movement.
1: I'm sure most of our listeners have heard about this, and it's called the the no poo movement, uh, meaning no shampoo. <laughs> and it doesn't mean that you just kind of let your hair go, uh, you know, oily and greasy. And
0: because there's completely. people who will do pro- where like they don't wash their hair, and yeah. they'll leave it for say, uh, you know, a period of time, and then all of a sudden the, uh, the hair naturally produces oils and cleanses itself. I'm not sure I can buy into that one just yet. <laughs> and
1: you know this. This is is certainly a very sort of middle ground for that, and I know stacks people who use this. And the the no poo movement is using uh, either just plain water. Or a combination of baking soda and apple cider vinegar uh, because it's all very very natural things it doesn't cause any damage to the hair follicles to your scalp to the blood vessels Uh, there's nothing nasty that's going to be absorbed into your bloodstream there and it can be used on colored hair as well um, and it's pretty safe for breastfeeding or pregnant women too. Uh, I'll put some details on the Facebook page as to how you can transition into this and how you actually wash your hair with baking soda and apple cider vinegar and I'd love your feedback as well if you use these techniques too because anyone
0: I know that Does it really loves it, um, and they would never go back. Fascinating. And also the trick there as well, if you are using, you know, the the standard off-the-shelf shampoos and conditioners, um, only washing your hair twice a week. We're not designed to wash our hair every single day. You're stripping away all the, you know, important oils around the base of the scalp, and that's going to cause dryness in the hair as well, because you just keep stripping, stripping, stripping away all those natural oils. And then you'll find that your body will try and
1: overcompensate for that, and you'll find that you have really oily hair. Uh, Because of that, so it's a bit of a catch-22 there. What about if you dye your hair? There are certainly lots of, and more and more commonly nowadays, um, hairdressers who will actually use um, organic products, organic dyes, and dyes from natural sources as well. Um, There's, uh, you know, even henna-based products as well. Uh, Be careful with those, some people have had some pretty severe reactions to them, depending on.
0: Uh, how sensitive their skin is and sometimes that's because um, a lot of people don't realize even though it's henna is a natural product there is something called ppd in there which is i'll try and say it because it's a long chemical name but um it's paraphenylene diamine mm. and this is predominantly in dark hair dyes so the yeah. darker the more ppd present may not be there in lighter hair dyes um, and it's usually the darker hair dyes people react most to so if you've ever had a reaction to a dark hair dye, it's probably due with this PPD. Um, and there's also, of course, you know, ammonia and hydrogen product in the non- um henna non-organic ranges which will definitely cause sensitivities in a lot of people and that's often why people say they feel a tingling or a burning sensation on their head when they're getting the hair dye once they wash it out it starts to stop and it seems to go away but they still notice the scalp's quite sensitive for a day or two because yeah. of course there's been a, literally a chemical burn a process happening to this scalp itself so yeah try and go natural try and go henna you know try and go organic talk to your hairdresser about what's in there try and see if they can you know reduce um so rather than a permanent hair dye maybe a semi permanent because there's certainly less toxins in the semi permanent ranges generally because they're not trying to tightly impact that hair follicle and strip it and and adhere new colors so there's a few options there um, the biggest message we really want you to take home from this
1: though is that real health comes from the inside out you cannot Take a magic pill or a magic, you know, uh, product that's going to fix underlying nutritional deficiencies or gaps in your health. Uh, It just doesn't work that way. So your hair and your nails are a reflection of your internal health. Um, So think about that when you're making these changes. So making sure you've got a really good quality nutrient dense diet because you are what you eat.
0: So lots of dark dark green leafy vegetables have high levels of some of the important uh, minerals that you need for hair and nail development.
1: Yep, absolutely. Uh, look, make sure you've got good quality vitamin C, vitamin A, your omega-3s, which we've talked about, um, zinc and magnesium as well. Uh, I have a friend of mine who will bite her nails and crave sugar when she's magnesium deficient. So if you're like her yeah, and you uh, experience that as well, make sure you are uh, having your good quality uh, magnesium rich foods or supplementation if necessary. Um Look at your digestive health. Uh, Go back and listen to our podcast on gut health evaluate whether or not you really think that you've got good digestive health because it all starts from there. Um, If you're not digesting the nutrients, if you can't absorb them, then you've got no hope of having, you know, getting those nutrients to the end range of where your body really needs them. On the hierarchy of what's important for your healing and keeping you well and alive, your hair and your nails are pretty low down on the scale.
0: Uh, So that's a good reflection that things are not getting to that point. Yeah, and look, we are aesthetic creatures. We know that the outside appearance is such an important thing to all of us. So also pursue things that make you feel happy, you know, like um part of you know if you do have problems with the hair and it can't be resolved, given that we're aesthetic, work on the this sort of the side of you that is loving mm-hmm. and nurturing towards yourself, realizing we're all different, we're all so unique, and unfortunately not all of us get the attributes of movie stars and, and all the rest. But then again, how do we know behind the scenes? And I sort of try and say to people Forget, you know, comparing yourself to others because just because someone looks that way doesn't mean that they're healthy. Um, it certainly doesn't mean that they are naturally gifted in some way just because their hair is glossy and shiny. And, you know, I say to people, just look after what you've got. Um, and if it mm-hmm. makes you feel better and you want to put a wig on or you want to dye your hair a different color, or whatever, do what makes you happy as well. And that's part of being a woman. You know, unfortunately, we do have health conditions we can't always overcome So, on that side, you know, aesthetically, glam yourself up, throw on some red lips, bring your features back to the stuff that you feel happy and most proud of, um, and just remember, you're beautiful anyway, and there's just so many women out there proudly flaunting bald heads through their chemotherapy, they don't have a choice, they're going to lose their hair, their nails are going to have, you know, a really significant effect, and sometimes that's the best way, flaunt it proudly. I love that. And we would
1: love to hear from you. If you have any uh, little home solutions that you use to make sure that your you know, hair is beautiful and glossy and shiny, please share it with us on the Facebook page. So it's facebook.com forward slash the wellness women, or check out our, our website, the We would love to hear from you and we would love your feedback as well. If you've got any burning questions about topics that you really want us to cover, please let us know. Uh, but until then be well.